Have you seen that meme going around social media that says, when they buried me, they didn't know that I was a Sikh? I have seen that before, yes. Okay, what are your thoughts on this quote? Because I like it. Mm -hmm. I do obviously, too. Obviously, yes. what do you think? Yes, I like it because it's that whole, I mean, there's so much that I could say about that, but it's kind of going to this idea of how, I, I, I my mind automatically goes to like just, suffering and trials, tribulations, just bad things happening, of thinking like you're underneath so much weight and so much burden and darkness and struggling and trying to get through this season or whatever it is that we're working through and, and just thinking that I feel like I've been buried, but then realizing, you know, having that third person perspective of, no, you haven't been buried, you've been planted. And that goes to this, you know, that this is like this darkness that you're in the middle of is not... In, that's it's not all it is in and of itself like there is more there is another chapter there is a greater purpose behind this you are a seed and once you get planted once you get buried once you sprout there is so much that's going to come out and you're going to see the sun again and then whatever seed you are whether that be corn or a sunflower other people are going to benefit from that too it's mm -hmm. just a very succinct way of putting that but there's a lot more i could say about that but yeah just thinking yeah. of of how um you know, that could be taken from a cultural standpoint of just, you know, pride and I am self-confident or self-sufficient type of thing. But I look at it more from of how God is using sin and the hardship and the brokenness of this world for Christians to go through persecution and mm. suffering and trials and tribulations so that the seed and can grow and show the glory of God in, you know, to stick with the plants, like the glory of his creation. Right. And we are the what has been called the crowning glory of creation right mm -hmm. because on day six he yeah. it's not he spoke he spoke he spoke it's that he came himself and out of the dust to the ground you all of a sudden see a person not just a speaking voice mm -hmm. right and the person obviously is a pre-incarnate jesus because we know by his wisdom and his word was creation established we find that yeah, out with mere words later like we just throw words around like right. all the time this is why i love words <laughs> i know because it's just like we just talk to talk to talk and just like throw words around all the time but with mere words god spoke right. the universe into existence which is like, why it's wow. on a kind of another note as we're living our stories every word is important mm -hmm. and the power of words is so important because um while god is the one ultimately holding the pen of our stories what we say has so much to do with what direction our story takes because once a word is spoken you can't undo it yeah and it goes into the entire i guess you could say record of mm -hmm. what you've done with your tongue and i think like you said this is part of the reason why i love words so much is because the entire bible starts with and god spoke yeah. right and uh we find out the first words of the book the first chapter of the book of john in the beginning was the word, word. and jesus is literally called the word the living word and um then this whole from bookend to bookend the word is telling the story and that's so encouraging that there's no jot or tittle of our stories that's on accident either. Yeah. Everything has purpose. And as far as being a seed that's buried, that's on purpose too. Mm -hmm. Even those moments where we're seeds that are buried. But what's interesting is that actually that wasn't, as you know, floating around oh, on yes. Pinterest exactly. or Facebook first. There's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. As you love, you look Ecclesiastes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to climb that one. Hardcore. <laughs> but 
Jesus actually was the one that said that first mm -hmm. that, and he said it actually a little bit differently. It's not like he kind of had this sassy attitude when they buried me. They didn't know I was a seed, <laughs> you know, this kind of like Jesus sassy. Jesus a little hipster. <laughs> yeah, he's like, <laughs> Jesus did not have hipster glasses and say that with a sassy attitude. Here's sure. your next meme. <laughs> but uh, this actually first kind of came to mind when I was reading through Second Corinthians chapter four. And Paul says, uh, we always carry the death of Jesus in our body mm -hmm. so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. So yep. we like Jesus suffer and, but the life of Jesus is also revealed in our body as we share in his suffering for we who live are always given over to death because of Jesus. And this is literally talking about the persecution that the church was under, mm -hmm. but in the same way as Christians in this world, we suffer oppression and attacks by the, the devil because he's like a lion seeking whom he may devour. And we have the flesh inside of us that is constantly, the scripture says, cannot be made subject to God's law. It's not just it actively fights against, it does that too. But it literally, there's a part of us that cannot be made subject to God's law. So we have the flesh and the devil, and then we just have good old sin-caused suffering and in the world that is actively against what God's word says and who we are trying to be because we're becoming like Jesus Christ. And it says that the um, our gospel is veiled, veiled to those who are perishing. In this case, in the world, these people don't understand the truth that we're explaining about Jesus and the gospel because the God of this age, the devil, has blinded the minds of the end of believers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. They like they don't even, it doesn't plug to them that Jesus Christ is the image of the holy God. Like to where us, we read the scriptures and it's coming alive to us. Their eyes have been blinded. So we have all of this against us. Yeah. But... Jesus life the purpose Jesus takes our suffering and has purpose that Jesus life may also be revealed in our mortal flesh so death works in us but life in you so there is life that is coming through as we've talked about in this whole series of my story for his glory that God has glorious purpose for mm -hmm. what he's doing in our lives and if you haven't listened to the other two podcasts, you should definitely do that. You should do that. <laughs> so, but Jesus said of himself in the same way, you know, how we have this idea of carrying the death of Jesus in our body. Jesus said of himself in the same way in John 12, he says, Verily I say unto you, unless a kernel of wheat, that's the wheat seed, mm -hmm. falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. And so he says this to explain the parable. Anyone who loves their life will lose it. Well, anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. And whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant will also be. My father will honor the one who serves me. So a lot of times in life, we are the little seed that gets buried. But through Christ, it's not that we just get buried. It's that he causes the burying to happen he allows that he sends the rain and we have this kind of exponential factor to being buried because as Paul David Tripp says 
we have treeness, right? <laughs> well, let me explain that. A mm -hmm. oak seed mm -hmm. has everything to be a tree mm. in the seed itself. Yep. It has treeness by itself. Yeah. <laughs> he makes up words all the time. <laughs> so does it. my pastor. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So he says the seed has treeness. It is everything that need that could be an oak tree mm -hmm. bundled up in one seed. And that's how we are too when we're buried though, is the only way that seed can break open and have this exponential growth, like you said, to reveal the creation of the glory of God yeah. in in our lives. And so like G we follow, as this passage is saying, we carry the death of Jesus in our body. So in the same way we suffer, but in the same way when we choose to be that little seed that dies to self and allows God to work in our life, we have exponential glory and growth that could have never been there if we weren't buried like that seed. I love the the um, different illustration, but same point of a caterpillar yeah. yes. who gets wrapped up in a cocoon. And, you know, the world gets really dark for a caterpillar. And he may be thinking that the world is ending because he's just getting wrapped up in the shell, hanging upside down, probably all the blood going to his head. And things are really, really dark. I never thought of that. Yeah. That sounds so uncomfortable. I know. It does sound very uncomfortable. I don't know what caterpillars are thinking. But I, if I was getting, you know, hanging upside down from a branch and being wrapped in a cocoon, that'd be very uncomfortable. It seems like the world is going to end. Mm -hmm. And then you break forth from the cocoon. And you are a beautiful butterfly. And that same type of idea of seed planting to bring flower or rain falling to bring rainbows or the darkest minds bring forth the brightest jewels. Mm -hmm. Like the illustrations go on and on and on. The, the character is like a photograph. It develops in darkness type mm -hmm. of thing. Um, there's so much where, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I'm just hearing a different voice in my head of being like, well, what if I'm content to be a seed? I don't want to be a flower. I just want to be a seed. I'm content with being a seed. <laughs> it's like, well, no. <laughs> You were created to, to be, blossom to be to, that flower. To be so much more. And if and, you don't want yeah. to be a flower, you can be an oak tree. Or, or, or corn. Or strawberries. Analogy. <laughs> but you were created to be remains. more. Yes, there is more. I like I like that. That's that's a good little thing. You were created to be more. Um, and so it's, yes, you may want to do everything. Because we as human beings are so good at like, if it is within our power, keeping ourselves from pain, we're going to do it. <laughs> like True. Trying to orientate and work our lives and control our lives. So we don't have heartbreak or suffering or, you know, all this stuff. Right. But, Which is actually yearning yeah. for the glory of heaven. Exactly. And that's not a bad desire, actually. Yeah. Because that just reveals in us this acknowledgement that there is something beyond this world mm -hmm. which i mean the philosophers since plato yeah. have been like there is something beyond this world because beauty is not beauty by itself God there is a place eternity on their heart well i was gonna say yeah. something dumber <laughs> well well i was thinking that's <laughs> a verse yes but yes god has placed yeah. eternity in our heart yeah. plato said he's like this thing is beautiful because there is this concept of beauty that exists mm -hmm. outside yeah. of this world and it is yeah. attached to the, and every philosopher has had their own way of seeing yeah. that there is something beyond this world. There just is. There has to be. And if there isn't, there's despair. Mm -hmm. And yeah. But pretty much everybody ends up with this. There has to be something more. Yeah, and that's what was interesting about Ecclesiastes, where the author is constantly saying, vanity, 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 under the sun, under the sun. There's nothing under the sun. It's all vain, yes. under the sun. Well, that begs the question of, well, if there's under the sun, what's above the sun? What's mm -hmm. beyond the sun? Like there's something more than the sun type of thing that, that this world is yes. not the end point. This world is not all there is. There is more. There's another chapter, you know, so on and so forth in, in heaven after this life. Yes. And what I was kind of thinking about is 
you know, if we are caterpillars, okay. <laughs> or seeds, or yeah, whatever. Yes, and we could have a conversation with the oak tree. Say we're a seed yes. and we want to have a conversation with the oak tree. Isn't it so comforting if the oak tree looks down at you and goes, don't worry about being buried. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's something really amazing. It's going to hurt, but it's okay because it's for your good. Right, and this yeah. is what you were created to be. Mm -hmm. And as Second uh, Corinthians chapter 3 says that, we are being changed, transformed, right? Metamorphosis, the word yeah. in the Greek is. Um, I believe that's the word here behind transformed, if I'm wrong yeah. correctly. Mm -hmm. And metamorphosis is obviously the same thing yeah. that happens from seed to oak tree, mm -hmm. from caterpillar to, to butterfly. butterfly. And we, in the same way, are being transformed into the same image of Jesus Christ from glory to glory to glory. And this is done obviously through the word as we're seeing God for who he is and worshiping him we're changed into his image and this is something that the spirit does in us and it's it's a miracle I mean yeah. the fact that a seed goes into our analogy yeah seed to oak tree that's a miracle Where you take these like little seeds and put them in dirt and then strawberries come forth like it's like magic. Like, right. <laughs> like what is this? Or like, right. you, you know, uh, Paul, or this is also an illustration of the Bible of, you know, like um, one of the parables of mm -hmm. throwing the seeds and bringing the water, but you know, the farmer puts the seed in the ground, but it's God who brings the growth type of thing. That's true. Yeah. And this is another thing too, kind of claiming that all growth, all beauty, mm -hmm. all metamorphosis, we could say, comes from God's hand that and this is why the heavens declare the glory of God is because he is yeah. yes because he is the one the only one that can really work out the glory of creation yeah. and we said glory of creation because it's in the same way he is revealing himself through us he has revealed himself in creation and I love that this going back to the oak tree being able to say to the sea don't worry about being buried is that uh, Paul says the same thing right after he said what he said about so death works in life, but life in you. And he says, since we have the same spirit of faith in keeping with what is written, this is verse 13 of chapter four. He says, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. I think that's interesting because Paul says to us, Paul being the oak tree, let me just mm -hmm. make it real simple, and we being the seeds, <laughs> mm -hmm. I believe, therefore, I speak. The testimony that comes from a person that has suffered or is suffering is so powerful when they truly believe, right? It's so different when somebody has gone through what you're going through and still believes that God is and he's yeah. a rewarder of those that seek him. And they're stubbornly clinging to that. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing that brought me to the thoughts that have come out of this time, actually, like this whole series of messages that I taught in our women's Bible study, this whole series of podcasts would have never happened without me getting buried. Exactly. I mean, this yeah. is just an example. This podcast period wouldn't be happening if I hadn't have been buried. Yes. And this yeah. is how it works is that even as Jesus was buried and died for us, he was, and then he was raised from the dead and was able to exponentially give out of his being cracked open as a seed and springing forth a new life so we have the same opportunity mm -hmm. um and our testimonies through seeing who god is 
and being making that choice really because that's faith is a choice either you yeah. choose to believe or you don't right there's no middle ground either you believe that he is and he's a rewarder of those that seek him or you don't it's just a choice so but when you have gone through a circumstance to where you have had to make that choice and it was hard but you made this choice under pressure and now you stubbornly cling to it when pressure rises priorities shine <laughs> that's very good <laughs> my, past, a... my pastor said that <laughs> i love yes. it and yeah. When we do that, then even so as Paul is the oak tree speaking to our seedness, right? So we can be oak trees that speak to other people's seedness. Mm -hmm. What's the point on going through a hard season and mm -hmm. learning a hard lesson if you're not going to export that? Yeah, Right. It's for the purpose of helping others. Exactly. And uh, actually Paul here in 2 Corinthians 4 is quoting the Psalms. In Psalm 116, the psalmist says, I believed even when I said I am severely afflicted. Yeah. And I like this point because it's not like belief that is detached from affliction. It is affliction that happens and you believe even stronger because yep. of the affliction happening. Yeah, kind of the, you know, to, to get geek for a second, yeah. to get it with WandaVision, you know, what is grief but love persevering? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's that kind of thing of, you, that's when you're going through a hard season that's all you have to hold on to you hold on to it as tight as you possibly can right. type of thing and that and that's where while I really promised myself I was like Tristan even in hindsight do not look back on this hard season and say you want to come back here because you don't want to come back here no like some people say like I would like if, you know like they meet somebody special or whatever to give a specific example right. and they're like I would do it all again if I could meet you you know because I ended up getting to you and I'm like no no, I wouldn't want to go through that again. Right, wouldn't it's want not to go like that. being yeah. like, we love pain and suffering. <laughs> no. So, so right. I say that because yeah. it's like, I do not want to go back to that season again. But what I have realized in hindsight is, yes, while I would never want to live that again, and I would never wish that upon anyone, there's a beauty in it because every priority and every heart desire of mine fell away. Yeah. And all of my attention and thought and detail was spent clinging to the truths about Christ mm. and that quantumia and that abiding and that faith was stronger than it ever been before because it was my sole focus. And so while, yes, it is nice to be on the mountaintop on a beautiful 80 degree clear blue sky spring day, yeah. very nice place to be. You're not holding on and abiding to Christ as strongly as you could be when that is the only thing you have to stand on. Mm -hmm. And so while suffering is not at all a fun place to be, yeah. there is something intimately beautiful about it because your heart is lined up. If you respond correctly, your heart is lined up where it is meant to be. Yes. And that makes me think of Paul when he says, he's like, I count everything lost. Yeah. I count it all as lost that I may know him. Mm -hmm. I may be missing two passages, but this is yeah. the whole yeah. point in both is that mm -hmm. they, I may know him and share in the glory of his suffering. Yeah. Because as a psalmist said, God, Jehovah, your words are better than life. And this is the truth is that to know God is to truly live yeah and even what may feel like this burying or this death in god's economy actually is not death at all it's this process of springing forth to new life 
which is why the, the analogy of the seed is so appropriate is because if you just look top down and go, oh no, the seed died. But if you could get bottom <laughs> yeah. up and really look under there, what's going on is God is putting us in an incubator yeah. to where we can spring forth to new life because in those circumstances, we come to know God in a way that could have been, would have been impossible before. And the truth is, is as worshipers, is that we can bring offerings of sacrifice, right? Mm -hmm. But Jesus uh, rebuked the Pharisees because he said, these people may offer me sacrifices. And he gave the Israelites in the Old Testament the same speech. You guys are offering me sacrifices, but your hearts are far from me. And like you said, mm -hmm. when we empty the contents of our heart, where we really are even forced into the point where we're counting everything else but loss because we realize in under the sun it's all vanity it all burns up it's all worthless in a way if it's just this life mm -hmm. we never get to the point where we go god knowing you is better than anything there is nothing on earth i have besides you there's there's yes. no one there's whom do i have in heaven but you and there's nothing on earth i yes. desire besides you that's true worship yeah. emptying the entire contents of our heart before god and realizing that he is so much better like the yeah. song says jesus you are the treasure the treasure of my heart and so then god also takes that and then, you know, it's the first two commandments, love God. And we love think, others. love God, you know, what does that mean? This, what we've said all here, that's what that means. Yeah. It's real. It's gritty. It's not this kind of elevated, oh, I love Jesus. No, yeah. no, 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 no. It's this real, suffering, raw, bought. authentic relationship. Yes. Yeah. With the God of the universe. Yeah. And love God. But then obviously because of how he's loved us and as second corinthians chapter one says he comforts us in all of our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we are ourselves receive from god if we are afflicted it is for your comfort and salvation if we are comforted it is for your comfort uh and so uh, it says in verse 7, and our hope for you is firm because we know that as you share in the sufferings, so also will you share in the comfort. Or rather, I'm just going to read the words of Paul here now in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14. We know the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and present us with you indeed. And this is the point everything is for your benefit so that grace extended through more and more people there's our exponential growth mm -hmm. personally but then also we're going to produce fruit and that is useful to others more and more people may cause bringing it all the way back to god and praising him may cause thanksgiving to increase to god's glory and this is the full circle picture is that god comforts us so we can comfort others yes and yeah. these are the two we could say there's the exponential growth and then the output of fruit that happens in our lives and then i love now verse 16 that we started the podcast series here my story for his glory with 
Therefore, we do not give up. Even though our outer person is being destroyed, I mean, the outer coating of that seed breaks apart and yeah. dies, right? Our inner person is being renewed day by day. That's a promise yeah. for our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory from oak seed to full treeness, right? From broken person to full abundant life in Jesus Christ. And this isn't like just some sort of like kind of self-help talk, right? Yeah. It's not like, okay, when they buried me, they didn't know I was a seed. That's so self-focused, you know, yeah. it's kind of a nice little pithy yeah. thing. But actually looking at how Jesus really meant that, it's actually so much, it's not about us. Yeah. It's about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was going to say too that there like is no... This goes all the way back to our whole analogy of our lives being a story. Mm -hmm. The best stories that we read, we read them, right? Like there's yeah. a written book that we can pick up and yeah, it's exactly. helpful to us. And so, but if it was never written down, if it was never shared. Right. Yeah. Then it, and sometimes I think that our dying to self, our following Jesus and being that little seed that dies on the ground really means uh, we die to self in that we share our stories with people. Yeah. And I guess the question is, is like, do we use, do we view our stories as opportunities or mm. obstacles? Mm. I like that. Because it really is an opportunity to share. God has comforted me this way. Yeah. He can do the same thing for you. One quote that I got from you, which I really liked, is that every message has a mess. <laughs> type yes. of thing. And I yeah. borrowed that from somebody else. I'm not yes. sure who either. Well, I heard it from you. But yeah. <laughs> yes, um, there is yeah. no message without the word mess. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, it's reminded of like the gospel stories of how the disciples are not the most ideal characters. Because <laughs> like they just like they yeah. they're continuously failing and not believing and you know yeah. um, being weak characters. And but the gospels are just you know just flat out saying you know, here is my human weakness, right. you know, disciples messing up. And because of that, the story is so much more authentic, real, powerful, because that's real life. I mean, that's one of the reasons that we know the gospels are the true stories. Because if if I was writing a book based on my life, which I am, my very strong thing that I want to do is cut out all of the things that I never wish had happened. Like I never want anybody to know that I, my character, my mindset, my actions sunk to this level type of thing. But that needs to be included because that's what makes it powerful. Like, just pray that people don't focus on that, but say, look what God did through that because of that, after that type of thing, yeah. where our weakness makes his glory, like, you know, light is bright because of dark. Like, you can't define light without darkness. We need the darkness in order to see how bright the light is type of thing. Mm -hmm. And so just constantly being reminded of, everything mm -hmm. anything and everything it's like marriage relationships self-growth self-help family you know work all every area of life it's not about us it, it was about how we were given another day in this life because god is working through us for to so that we can turn back and praise him 
and influence and impact other people's lives. It's not mm-hmm. about what I can get out of it. It's not about what I can gain. It's not about what I can want, mm-hmm. but about how I can pour my life out as a living sacrifice for the benefit of others. Yes. I mean, just amen and so much yes to that. Yeah. Everyone, that is the beautiful thing is that God, like we said before, our stories are actually God's story. That he wants to use story. History. Yeah. That he wants to use for his purposes. And this is the whole point of my story for his glory is actually kind of dipping into chapter five of Second Corinthians. It says that for Christ's love compels us. Since we have reached this conclusion, if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves before the one who died for them and was raised. I mean, going back to our whole seed analogy, if Jesus had not humbled himself to the Father's will and been so stubbornly dedicated to obeying the Father, I would not today have anything I'm saying right now. Yeah. But I would have no hope at all. I would have no cleansing from sin. I would be on my way to hell without hope, without any way, without abundant life, without any blessing you can ever think of that comes with knowing who Jesus Christ is and knowing him personally as Savior. Gone. All of that gone. But because Jesus was willing to be the seed that died. I have all things in him. So we in the same way can follow his example to die to self. Because the truth is, is that now my purpose, because he died for me, I owe him everything. Yeah. That's what this is saying. So that Elise would no longer live for herself, but for the one who died for me and was raised. And so I love this. From now on, then we don't know anyone in a purely human way. Or rather, we don't look at anybody and their story, like we've talked about before, it's not just like we kind of ignore because we don't like their cover or whatever. We're viewing them with this full story look. Everything that's going on in our 2 Corinthians 4 life of this suffering and this journey with God and are being renewed as a new creature in Christ. God wants to do that same thing in that person that you hate the most, right? Because the problem isn't that person. The problem is sin, right? And us telling our story is communicating just one little example in God's bigger story of how he's redeeming all things to himself. And that's why we have to tell our stories is because they are testimonies, they're examples of what God is up to on a bigger scale of the whole entire drama of the gospel that started with speaking the word here, Jesus is the word there, 
And in heaven, he is forever and ever praised because he is the lamb that was slain that is the only one worthy to break the seal and open the book and conquer all things. That's one of the things that excites me most about heaven of like, what if we spent the first million years, first of all, first million years, yeah. telling and sharing the stories and the testimonies of everything that God has done in our lives, <laughs> like just one by one. Billions upon billions upon billions upon billions of people from the history of the world just sitting down and hearing their stories, sitting around this huge, massive table in heaven, and just one by one going down and hearing these stories, the chapters, the, the entire book of everyone of what God did in their lives. Like, that is going to be a feast that I cannot wait to get to. Right? Because, you know, what's hitting me saying that is that those stories our offerings of incense of praise because we wouldn't have anything to praise him for. Yeah, exactly. And this is why my story for his glory is so important is because you literally take your story, meaning you take everything about who you are. Yeah. Every failure, every hurt, every success, every talent, every good thing, every horrible thing, mm -hmm. your family, your entire background, your entire hopes for the future, your desires, your broken dreams and your losses, all of that that makes you you. And you offer it up on the altar to him. <clears throat> Even as Romans 12, 1 says, that it is our reasonable service to present our bodies, our stories, walked up in time as a living sacrifice unto him. Because the truth is, is that story exists because of time. But what is wonderful, we hate when a good story ends. But like mm -hmm. you're saying, what is wonderful is it never ends. It's eternal. It's forever. And your story has significance forever. Because like you said, they become one Crazes. little face in that great awesome cloud of witnesses right yeah. and as we in using that same passage as we look to jesus the author and finisher of our faith to borrow the words of the hymn writer the rest of the world grows strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace right and yeah. i love that too because it gives the analogy of a uh, track run mm -hmm. which I love I don't know about you but I, I don't love. like running but <laughs> you like watching watching running no I love yeah. it I always love yeah. the thrill of who's gonna mm -hmm. get around first I am so I'm easily entertained okay good yes <laughs> but I think that some of the best drama stories from the Olympics come out of these epic races mm -hmm. right and according to that passage we are all on a race mm -hmm. right and we're and we have our epic drama story of being in the race. And like we talked about before, though, it is ridiculous for an Olympic runner to sit down halfway through the race. Right? Or to, like, run looking behind him because, you know, going to trip over something. Right. Or looking yeah. beside him in comparison to somebody else yeah. because it's it's distracting. Yeah. If you're going to win. You've got to look ahead. Look at the goal. Look at the finish line. At the prize. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Focus on that. Keep your eyes yes. above the waves. Because, yeah. as we said, he is the treasure. Mm -hmm. He is the prize. And so as we're running towards him, pressing towards the mark, as Paul says, we run with patience. Because the truth is, is it's not like a race where, 
like other races in this world where we don't know if we're going to win or not. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the conquering king that has run the race before us and already won. So it is even more ridiculous for you to sit down in the middle of your race and go, I'm not going to win. Because we know how this story ends. Jesus already won the race. The crown is waiting for you on the other side. Like, get across that finish line. (laughs) You know, and I started running because I hated life. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to feel anything. And so honestly, running gave me the serotonin rush that I wouldn't take drugs for. Mm -hmm. Like, I felt like taking drugs was too far off the deep end. So I, I, I honestly, I'm not really being funny here. I honestly literally ran because it gave me that euphoria of not feeling anything. But God even used that kind of trying to run away from life, run away, <laughs> not literally, yes. but going on the track and trying to like kind of not feel, he used that actually to teach me a lot of really deep lessons about our stories and about life. And that was one of the big ones is he's like, at least you're running so hard like this, but it would be so ridiculous for you to sit down and quit because I've already won the race for you. And I love this, that this is our whole purpose with our stories and our lives is that because we're new creations, old things have passed away and new things have come. Everything is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. And now he has given us the ministry of reconciliation, right? And that is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. Glory be to God. And is committed unto us. This is the treasure that's in our clay jar. Mm -hmm. The message of reconciliation that is in Jesus Christ, the gospel. And so we're ambassadors for Christ, certain that God is appealing through us. We plead on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. Because he made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And this is all of our stories, broken pots that are being remade for the glory of God, which means our highest good and an eternal significance of story. Like we said, you know, that the ink will never run out on. Mm-hmm. It will never run dry because there's so much more to be told on the other side. Once we're all together, praising God forever for what he's done in our stories. Forever and ever. Amen. Amen.